God's timing, folks, is perfect. And that might be a lesson that you need to hear today. You might be going through an issue and you're wondering why God isn't responding in the way or the speed that you want him to respond in. And let me just say this, it might be because God wants it to happen in a certain timing. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and welcome back to In Grace. I hope that your week is going good, and we're kind of on the downward slope of the week here on this Thursday, February 16th. I'm so excited because we have so many incredible things happening here, not only on our study of the story of Jesus. Today, we're going to be getting back into the betrayal of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane by his friend Judas, and that's awful. We're going to discuss that more and go through the scriptures on the four Gospels and actually talk about how that was predicted uh, that he would be betrayed, the exact amount of money was predicted, and that his disciples would all run away. But we're also excited here, not just because of the teaching series that we're in right now, but we're also excited because we have a very special guest coming to our church next month. On March 12th, so just about a month from now, we have the Secretary of State under Donald Trump, Mike Pompeo, coming to our church on a Sunday where he'll be speaking. I'll be interviewing him for In Grace, and we can't wait to provide that for you. Now, if you're somewhere in the Midwest and you want to come in, it's a free event. The 11 a.m. event where he's speaking in our auditorium is free. We do have a VIP event breakfast before that that you can come to as well. All of that's on the website. Go to ingraceradio.com. Look for the Mike Pompeo link, and there you'll be able to find all the details of that. But I'm very impressed impressed with this man. He is a born-again believer, and uh, he's going to share a little bit about his faith uh, while he's here. He also was responsible for the Abraham Accords, which is a wonderful thing for Israel to have some more peace with its neighbors. And so uh, come and get to meet him and perhaps get a book signed uh, from him, and uh, that'll be March 12th. And then also, don't forget that you can travel with us here at In Grace to some really exciting places. In just a few days, I'll be leading a tour of about 120 of you to Israel, and I can't wait to do that. Uh, after that, I'll be filming in Jordan and in Saudi Arabia. We're going to be talking about the, the journey of Israel through the wilderness, crossing the Red Sea, and that's a new series coming up. So I'd appreciate your prayers for all of that. But now listen, we have a way for you to come with us on a trip to Israel and also a cruise to Alaska. We have our In Grace Alaska cruise coming up this summer, this July. You're invited to come along and you can go on our next Israel trip in February of 2024. So to find out information, get a free brochure, go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. I would love to show you these amazing places. Let's continue reading in Matthew 26. It says in verse 53, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? That thus it must be. Jesus had told him, I am going to die. I am going to rise again. This was the plan of God. And a sword isn't, Necessary. It's not going to stop it anyways. And Jesus could have called 
the 12 legions of angels. By the way, what's a legion? Well, there were legions of soldiers that were four to 6,000, so let's say 5,000 is a legion. 12 times 5,000 is 60,000. Jesus could have called, there's a song, 10,000 angels, okay? Maybe the song should say 60,000 angels, but either way, 10,000 would have been quite enough to obliterate all of these evil men that were coming to arrest Jesus. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him. He's to blame. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. Matthew 26, 55. In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, are ye come out as against a thief? Which is really ironic, isn't it? They, they were treating him like a thief. They were treating him like a criminal. They had come with all these weapons and force. He wasn't that way. He'd never exhibited anything like that. And by the way, who was the real thief? There was a thief among them. Judas was the thief. Isn't that ironic? The real criminal was Judas, but he came and betrayed the perfect, innocent, holy Jesus with a kiss of betrayal. Are you come out as against the thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily, Jesus said to this throng. I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and ye laid no hold on me. They could have easily grabbed him in the temple in the daylight, but they didn't. Why? Because they were afraid of the people. And so they had to do it in darkness. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. God's timing, folks, is perfect. And that might be a lesson that you need to hear today. You might be going through an issue and you're wondering why God isn't responding in the way or the speed that you want him to respond in. And let me just say this, it might be because God wants it to happen in a certain timing. The arrest, trial, and crucifixion of Christ was precise. It was gonna happen at an exact moment in history. In the temple, it had been too early. And so therefore, they were really accomplishing prophecy here. And then the disciples fled. Zechariah 13, 7 says, Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. Now Jesus actually had told them to, to, to flee, and his plan wasn't for there, there to be 11 crosses plus the two thieves on the hill. Okay? But they fled, and that was predicted in the Bible. Matthew 26, 57. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now keep that in mind because we're going to come back to another gospel that says a different name for high priest. We're going to try to understand that apparent contradiction. So Matthew says they took him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. And we'll talk more about that uh, in a later date. Uh, Peter's denial. It's another sad story that all happened in these moments of 
the last night of Jesus' life. Now let's switch over to, to Mark's account. Let's start at verse 51 of Mark 14, because this is the one thing that Mark tells us that's wildly different that we don't read about it in any other gospel account. And there's a reason. Okay, so if you've ever come across this in Mark, you know, like, what? Okay, uh, we're gonna give you a plausible explanation of what this means. So Mark 14, 51 and 52. And there followed him, so all the disciples had forsaken Christ in the previous verse in Mark's account. And this is John Mark, remember John Mark. And there followed him a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body and the young man laid hold on him and the young men laid hold on him and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked what in the world why is this in here well a lot of interpreters believe that this young man is none other than John Mark the writer of this gospel you say well who was John Mark? Well, he wasn't one of the disciples. He was a young man. Many people believe that he was the son of the house owner of the upper room. Okay, there's some verses that would lead us to believe that. So let's just assume that that's correct. And so Jesus and his disciples had left Mark's house and Mark had removed his outer cloak, which was very common, and went to bed wrapped up in a, let's just say a sheet, a bed sheet, and he was uh, sleeping. And then a servant comes in and alerts him to this plot that he hears about Judas, and they're gonna go arrest Jesus. So he runs from his house down only with that linen over him, and he gets down there to see Jesus is being arrested. And he's, all the disciples flee, but maybe John Mark is the one that's following. And then one of the young men in the arresting party grabs that, that linen and he flees also. The one person that was actually gonna stay with Christ, perhaps it was John Mark, he also runs away in a very embarrassing condition, by the way. So I don't know if that's exactly what that is, but it's, it's just strange that that's in there, but it's in there for a reason, and I think it's because that was the author of Mark himself. Okay, so let's look at Luke's version. So, so Matthew and Mark's were very similar, except Mark had that one interesting little tidbit. Luke does enlighten us with several things. Luke 22, verse 47, and while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. Okay, so that we already knew. So I want you to be thinking, what's going to be new in this verse? Okay, but Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? In Matthew's account, he just told about the kiss. In Luke's account, Luke is telling us that there was a, a little bit of conversation before the kiss. Jesus said, are you going to betray me with a kiss? Again, Jesus knew exactly what was happening, and I'm sure that stunned Judas a little bit. Verse 49, and when they were about him, saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Okay, now that wasn't in earlier, the earlier account because it just said that one of them took out his sword. So here they're, they're saying, Jesus, should we do this? And without Jesus answering, one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now I know you're really dying to find out who that was. You, you probably already know who that was, but we're gonna save it till 
it's announced in the, the next gospel. And by the way, here Luke tells us which ear. Okay, it says ear and the other two, now it's right ear. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Now we get more detail. We didn't get that detail in the other accounts. Does that mean that they got it wrong? No, it means that they, they just didn't include that because they had so much that they were writing. So now Luke tells us, by the way, Luke is the physician. He's the doctor. So he's telling about uh, the ear, what happened to the ear. Well, the ear was healed. And by the way, if the ear hadn't been healed, do you think that there might have been another cross on Calvary? Certainly, certainly. Luke twenty-two fifty-two. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and elders, which were come to him, be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me. So we've already heard that, but here's something new. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Not only was it God's timing that it happened right now at night in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was also dark. And there's a certain power of dark. People do evil when it's dark. That's why I used to tell my kids, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. I did not want them to be out late when they were teenagers. I was kind of uh, a little overbearing when it came to getting them home because there's so many bad things out there. And I just, most of the time, uh, made sure they were home, not before dark, but, but not stay out late, Okay. Just a little piece of free information there for some of you parents. And you're saying, well, what if they don't like it? Well, they probably aren't going to like it. You're not trying to win a, a, like a award, a friendship award. You're trying to be the parent, okay? That, you're the boss, okay? You're the boss of your kids. So love them, love them, love them, love them, but, you know, have some rules. John 18. So let's flip over to John's account. This is the final account of the arrest, the betrayal. In verse 1, now, this is John. John doesn't actually give us the whole story of Jesus' prayer in the garden, but he does say that they arrived there, John 18, 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where was a garden in the which he entered and his disciples. Okay, so now they're in the garden for the, the time of prayer. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. So this is a piece that John includes of how Judas would have known about this place, where they would be, 
uh, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. So a new piece of information from John. And then John 18, 3, Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, cometh hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. We didn't know that. We didn't know. We, we had heard about swords and staves, but now we're learning that they had torches and lanterns, which would make sense, by the way, that they would come not uh, just with swords, but also with a light source or light sources. And then in uh, John 18, Let's skip down to verse 6, okay, of John 18. Here's some new information. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he. So what was I am he? Well, they were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus said, I am he. They didn't even need Judas. They didn't need the betrayal. They didn't need the weapons. They didn't need the officers. By the way, these weren't Roman officers. These weren't Roman soldiers. These were the guards of the priesthood, the religious Leaders had their own force. Not a huge force, but enough to, to make an arrest. And as soon as he said, I am he, the, the, the power of Jesus, the words of Jesus, it says they went backward and fell on the ground. That's a really interesting piece of information that John gives us about the scene. And uh, the power of Christ, the words of Christ are powerful. Now look at verse 8 of John 18. Here's some new information. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Take me, don't take them. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them which thou gavest me, have I lost nothing. Jesus was going to ensure that only he would die on the cross that night or the next day and not his disciples. Verse 10, then Simon Peter having a sword. Okay, what did we just learn? Who was the one that cut off the ear? Simon Peter. That would kind of make sense, right? Simon Peter. If any of you have watched The Chosen, which is a series about the life of Christ, I'm nervous about a couple of things in there, but they have creative license and all of that. It's not the Bible, but it's interesting because you can see fleshed out uh, real characters, and the character playing Peter was one that was always ready to you know, fight and have a weapon and protect Christ, and I think that's accurate. Because who is it that draws the sword? It's Simon Peter. Matthew, Mark, and Luke give him anonymity, uh, but John doesn't. <laughs> John names it. Um, and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So now we know the servant's name too. John gives us that detail as well. Okay, skip down to verse 12 of John 18. Here's another piece of information that the other gospels don't include. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Before it said that they, they had hold of him, uh, but John gives us an additional detail that they actually bound his, his hands, maybe behind his back. We don't know exactly how they did it, but they bound him. Can you imagine the leather straps holding Jesus' hands? He made that leather. He made them. You know, they had no power over him, but he went willingly as a sacrificial uh, lamb. And then the last verse is John 18, 13, and led him away to Annas first. Now, wait a second. The other gospels said Caiaphas, but John says Annas. Who is Annas? Well, he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, 
There's a whole long story. Josephus actually talks about it, the Jewish historian, that uh, the actual high priest was removed by Rome, and Rome installed their own. You can't really do that, but they did. And Annas was the father-in-law, and his son-in-law, Caiaphas, was technically, by Rome, the high priest, but guess who was still operating as the high priest? It was the father-in-law. So who, would, who should they go to first in the order of authority? Well, they're gonna take him first to an unauthorized or unofficial stop at Annas' palace on the way to Caiaphas. It's not a contradiction. It's easy to understand. Matthew, Mark, and Luke do not say they went to Caiaphas first. It just says they took him to Caiaphas. So if John says they took him to Annas first, that's how we can understand that. They first stopped at Annas' palace before he held, because he held the real power. Now let me end with this quote about all of this. One Bible commentator said this, each of us must decide, will it be the sword or the cup? Will I resist God's will or submit to God's will? The cup usually involves suffering, but that suffering ultimately leads to glory. We need not fear the cup, for it has been prepared by the Father, especially for us. He knows how much we can take, and he mixes the contents in wisdom and in love. So may we not fear the things that God has prepared for us. May we submit to his will and not, not fight against it because greater is he that is in us, which is the spirit of God, God himself, than he that is in the world. Is God in you? Have you been saved from your sins? Have you been saved from the penalty of hell? If you haven't, understand this. There is a God. We sinned against him. He sent his son, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How can I receive that forgiveness from God? It, the Bible says you just believe. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever, that's any of us, believeth in him, trusts in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So how can I be saved from my sins? It's not about religion. It's not about being better. It's not about being good. We can never be good enough to save ourselves. Therefore, we must put our full trust in the perfect one who came to die and he rose again. His name is Jesus. If you believe in him, that he died for your sins, you will be saved right now. And if you have questions about salvation, please contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, or contact us via our website, ingraceradio.com. And it's there that you'll be able to order the brand new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Now, you'll hear part one of this really, really awesome series tomorrow on the InGrace radio program, the weekend and Friday edition of InGrace. But I really think you're going to want to see it. We've got some incredible computer animations. If any of you have ever seen the YouTube channel, Israel, my channel, uh, you've seen that uh, the, the gentleman 
one that does that, uh, created some great animations of where the temple would be and all of that. And we have use of that, so you're going to see that. Plus, we did some exclusive interviewing of those responsible for bringing the red heifers recently to Israel. We filmed in in the ranch in Texas where the red heifers actually were at last year. And then uh, we also went to Israel to interview the rabbis that are bringing them over, that are inspecting them and preparing for the ceremony. We actually filmed on the Mount of Olives where they bought some property and they're going to do the sacrifice there. So if you want the inside scoop on the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, I'd encourage you to get this three-part video series. The way to do that is make a gift of any amount to this ministry. Your money will be used carefully and wisely so that more people will hear the gospel and we'll send you this exciting video either by DVD or digital download. Now, if your gift can be $35 or more, I'd also like to send you a eight-part video series on Bible prophecy called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful color prophecy chart as well. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.